Brethren, good evening. Good to be here this evening. Thank you for the opportunity to be able to speak to you about, I don't think this is my favorite subject. I think preaching the Word of God is my favorite subject, but talking on the work that I do in South America. Now, before I start, there's something I require of you, and that is a couple of pictures. For those of you who have seen my reports, you know I take pictures, and I share them with other brethren. Now, you think that's kind of odd, but the brethren in South America are going to want to know about the churches that I visit here in the United States on this trip. The brethren in South America in particular, see there's Brazil and Argentina and those countries, we're only going to talk about Colombia and Ecuador, in particular in Colombia, just Bogota, Colombia. But the brethren, for example, the Church of Christ, La Iglesia de Cristo del Norte, Church of Christ in the North, they send their greetings to you. They want, to know you to, they want you to know that they know there's Christians in the United States, and they send their greetings particularly to you. And in many places, as I travel through Ecuador, these brethren are sending greetings to you also. They say, greetings, salutis a ustedes, aquí en este lugar. Tonight, later tonight, when some of us are asleep, like my wife and some of you, I will be writing, uh, brethren, on WhatsApp, one of those chat thingies, and I will send these pictures to the brethren that I just took and say, this is where we want the church tonight, and uh, met with the brethren here in, at West Main in Louisville. So this is what I do. When I travel in Ecuador, I send their pictures to brethren everywhere we go. Uh, I send it to Robin when she's not traveling with me. She knows where I'm at every night and who I'm, I'm visiting with. Brethren, it is a special opportunity. Uh, thank you for uh, allowing me to come here. Brother Stephen and I, we've been riding back and forth for almost a year now trying to figure out how to make this work. Let's talk about Columbia first. The work in Columbia began with one baptism in March of 77. That's the year I graduated from high school. And after 15 more baptisms and over the last 40 years, the Lord's work has grown from one person to over 50 congregations, or about 50 congregations throughout the entire country. Oh, that's a terrible picture of me, but my beautiful wife there. We'll talk about us, Robin and I, living and working in Columbia. Some of you may know, Robin and I, we lived in Hawaii for six years, where I preached the gospel at the Leeward Church of Christ. Robin went back to work for the federal government, and because of that, a job opportunity presented itself in Bogota, Columbia, for a secretary. You know, sisters, you can really help your husbands in some ways. And because of her and uh, 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 working for the U.S. government, taxpayers, thank you very much, you moved us to South America to, for me to preach the gospel. Not a very popular thing in the eyes of some people in the social circles, the government paying people to do what is right. But you're paying her to work, and I'm the spouse. And I'm thankful for that particular opportunity. I've always wanted to do this. We've been wanting to do this for years. It has now worked out. Uh, I made my first preaching trip to Colombia and Ecuador in August of 98, 19 years ago. And we have been busy uh, doing this particular work, trying to figure out uh, uh, you know, how we can spend more time here. And now I live there. Um, Bogota, Colombia, uh, 
uh, in the upper part of South America. We live in the city of Bogota, the capital of Colombia. And uh, I'm going to shoot this picture up here. There we go. Uh, it's a picture of the city of Bogota. That does not mean a thing to you, okay? It's a city of 8.8 million people, depending if it's a holiday or there'd be less. Uh, depending on certain occasions, there may be a whole lot more people in the city of Bogota, but huge number of people. This particular shot is uh, off the side of the mountains there in the Andes of just a part of the city. In fact, just a third or quarter of the city. There is millions of souls in the city. Now, I'm going to take this map, the city, and I'm going to turn it 90 degrees, kind of lay it on its stomach, if you will. Uh, we live in uh, the northern part of the city, uh, what we would call the northeastern part of the city, church of the north meets there the north northy church meets in this location and this is the area in which uh, part of the city we are working in there are uh, about 17 churches of christ in and around the city of bogota itself but not in the area that we are working with uh, they're faithful brethren i'm not the only preacher in the country uh, i tire of listening to some preachers uh, give a report as if they're the only one working no there's many brethren working uh, many brethren being supported by the United States, some out of their own uh, expense to preach the gospel in this country. There we go. Um, and somehow I'm not going. Why it doesn't want to go as fast as I want to go. There we go. There we go. Venti de Julio. Uh, we've preached in some of these churches by appointment. We'll talk about that more as we go. San Antonio. And I'm just trying to go faster than it wants to go. Out of town, there's several churches. Uh, Socha, uh, Sarah uh, Morena. Uh, there's uh, Zipacara an hour away. Uh, Sopo, three-quarter hour away. There we go. And Via Vicencio, three hours away. Agua Dios, Water of God. Uh, many of these churches I've preached in over the years. And we put right there in the center the U.S. Embassy. That's where Robin works. Next chart there. Uh, she works here at the U.S. Embassy, uh, 9 to 5. She gets picked up in a shuttle van and dropped off in a shuttle van. Uh, but as I said, she works there. Well, I work there too. But it's because of her I have this opportunity uh, to preach the gospel. We have lived there, well, in two days, we will have lived there for a total of four years. Robin has agreed to uh, another two-year term, which now means that in another two years, we will have uh, the appointment for a total of six years. As long as she works there, I get the opportunity to live and to preach in Bogota, Colombia. And there's a lot of information here, and we don't have time to talk about that. While we are members of the local work in Bogota at the Church of the North, uh, my work, which I outlined in the beginning, was threefold. First, to study with brethren as, uh, as local congregations want, to teach and preach by appointment, which we are doing. We are members of one local congregation, the Church, uh, Church of Christ in the North. The second was to create a Spanish website, uh, providing sermon materials in Spanish. It's still not published, still not ready. I'm a, the biggest perfectionist that there was on some things and other things, I ignore everything, but I just haven't got there yet. Part of it, there's just not time. But the third one, 
Living in Bogota puts me in close proximity to Ecuador. It's an hour and 20 minutes flight from Bogota to Quito. Travel there four times a year for, two is wrong, three weeks at, at a time to preach the word of God. This is my primary focus as I'm living in Bogota, Colombia, to travel to Ecuador to preach the word of God and to encourage brethren. I'm just going to eliminate this. Go ahead to the next one. Uh, the church, uh, the church Christ at the north. Um, this is the group that first uh, began there in the north. It began about three months before uh, we arrived there. Of this particular group, there's only now nine that's still attending. You know, when you start new groups, there's people comes from everywhere and wants to be part of this. But uh, you know, it settled out to nine. Go ahead and keep rolling these, and church continues to grow and expand. This particular Sunday here. I was in the hospital for gallbladder surgery and the subsequent infection that come from that. Uh, there's not a lot of things that makes me cry. I'm he-man in some, in some respects. That was the picture that made me cry that morning. The nurse thought I was crying because of the bad breakfast. No, I miss being with the brethren. I miss being with my wife and services. This is the current meeting place that we've had since May 16. Next one. Um, this is one of the last pictures I got of the local congregation on Sunday morning. We've had a largest attendance of 56. By the way, 56. I was in Ecuador for that uh, particular service. Uh, but the brethren are still uh, continuing, faithful, persevering. We always have visitors. Uh, picture of the midweek Bible study on, uh, on one Thursday night. Only picture of Thursday night, the Thursday night study I had. On the third Sunday of the month, we have a, a, a class for the home and the family. I don't like that home and family enrichment. That's just a long term for Bible study on home. We're currently dealing or studying the attributes of love from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. There's been very good interest. The brethren asked for the study, and we're doing that study at their particular request. On Saturday nights, we have the young people's class in our apartment every Saturday night when I'm in Bogota. Great interest. Again, this was the brethren's idea, and we've loved this particular idea. We get the kids down, and they have questions. They want to study. They, they want Bible answers. And then when we're done with that, Robin feeds them. We've always, Robin takes care of these young people. We just enjoy uh, spending time with our young people there uh, at, in Bogota. My work includes a lot of printing. I kill forest of trees. I uh, drink a lot of ink, uh, maybe just a little too much. But it, I'm constantly preparing uh, sermon outlines and articles. In, in Bogota, in, in the North Congregation, part of our group is learning English, wanting to learn English. They want the lessons in English. And then we got people like Robin that wants it in English too. So I produce a, a bilingual bulletin, which you all I send to you all with my reports. Uh, uh, along with the, the English is the Spanish translation. Uh, when I do my sermons, people get both outlines or whichever outline they want in, in the lesson. And, of course, my PowerPoint is all in Spanish, and I preach in Spanish, or bad Spanish, excuse me. Um, in Colombia, I preached in, in recently in other congregations, such as Dente de Julio, next one. Uh, San Antonio, I didn't have the camera with me. Robin had the camera, so it's only me. Uh, Grand America, this is congregation is near the embassy. Uh, 80th Street, uh, they've moved to a new location recently. Sopo out of town, we've been there a couple of times in the past couple of years now. Uh, Cali, Columbia, 
<coughs> remember the Kali drug cartels and stuff like that? Look at the size of this congregation here in this place. They filled this place up. And in, in all these years, finally, this is the first congregation that has elders. They've just installed elders about, I think it was about a month and a half ago, two months ago. Good, growing church. In Via Vicencio, uh, on the other side, in, in the jungle or the rainforest of Colombia, good-sized congregation where Wilson, uh, Brother Wilson is working there in that particular place. All right. What started me going, that just sounded bad. What started myself, what, how I got involved in work in South America. I, my dad was involved in, in the South America work uh, since, 77, since I was in high school, went back and forth several times. And in 98, there was a lectureship on the issues that divided brethren and Bible authority. My dad could not go or would not, could not go for whatever reasons, I don't know, asked me to go in his place. So I took our 14-year-old son, Aaron, and I, we went uh, to Colombia and then went on into Ecuador. In that particular trip, I was asked for things in ecuador they're saying we need bibles our children need bibles our wives need bibles we need bibles and we need song books and so we have been doing that that has been one of the chief things of my going back repeatedly uh, to take these supplies to brethren we've taken 2,000 songbooks uh, over the years over 3,000 spanish bibles plus communion trays we took, the brethren have communion trays that was dented down in the basement of their meeting houses, dusty, uh, with chicken stuff on them, like in my grandparents' uh, farmhouse and stuff like that. Clean them off, clean them up real good, and take them down there. These brethren need the, needed these things. And recently, we've been buying these new hard plastic communion trays, taking uh, communion cups, which they cannot buy in these countries. You have to import them in your luggage from the United States. Recently, if, you know, something happens to my health, I thought, who's going to be taking communion cups, plastic communion cups down there? That's what we want in our, uh, for uh, observing the Lord's Supper as we partake of the fruit of the vine. Recently, I started taking the glass communion cups down because someday these brethren are going to need them. These songbooks, a lot of the songbooks have deteriorated in the rainforest. There's the, there's the moth and rust that doth corrupt in this world. In the rainforest, it's terrible. These songbooks just fall apart after periods of time. They don't have air conditioning buildings like we have. So these songbooks need to be replaced periodically. Let's go on. Very good. So let's go to Ecuador now. Moving right along. Uh, an hour and 20-minute trip to the capital of Ecuador, uh, which is Quito, uh, just south of the country of Colombia. Uh, in the beginning, when I started uh, going down to Colombia, the Lord's work in Ecuador prior to 1998, there were five faithful congregations. Good, God-fearing congregations. Today, 35. And I just received a report today, or today, yesterday, that the church uh, uh, between Quito, and, uh, or just south of Quito, there was a church that had disbanded but was going to be meeting in another town south of there. So... That's 36 faithful congregations that we visit, some of them repeatedly on every trip that I go to. Basically, I want to talk about the last four trips in Ecuador in the past year. Uh, November 
uh, last November, December of last year, 22 days, February, March, uh, 24 days, another 24 days in May to June. Uh, and my last trip was July 26 uh, uh, to August 19th, 25 days. So what was that two-week stuff about? I don't know. I'm going down there for three, over uh, three weeks now. But anyway, been down in Ecuador for the past year, 95 days. Since living in Colombia, I've made 15 trips to Ecuador. Um, and Robin has gone twice. I never thought Robin would ever want to live in Colombia, South America. I never thought she would go with me to Ecuador. There are some stories I've told about uh, falling into the river and getting bit by the bugs and the ants and things that she doesn't like. And I got her into a boat on the Rio Napa when it was flooded. But we have enjoyed this. Next trip is coming up here Thanksgiving Day. I'm headed back to Ecuador for another 24, 25 days. But again, before going to Ecuador, there's this printing. There's the preparing of class materials, printing, killing forest, drinking ink, uh, and uh, preparing all these class materials for the children, for adults, and taking these things in my luggage. Uh, this last trip is the preparing of this 56-page uh, uh, bulletin, all in Spanish. I don't take English down there. All in Spanish. Uh, the printing is just enormous, a lot of time, a lot of money. A lot of effort, and I needed help. Robin couldn't do this all by herself, and the brethren helped us uh, uh, collate and uh, uh, fold and collate these things uh, one Sunday afternoon. They saved Robin a lot of time. We had to get these things done before we come here. Basically, from the time that I leave one trip, uh, write a report, take care of my local work in, in Columbia, I've got to start the next trip. And preparing for that, and especially when we come here for uh, the few days that we're here. All of this has to be done before we even come here to the United States. A lot of work that needs to be done. Basically, twice a year, I travel to the coast uh, and to the mountain regions of Ecuador. Uh, last December, and, uh, and again last May, about 24 days, we visit, uh, and I say we, uh, a young uh, Kichwa, uh, a, long, a young Ecuadorian brother uh, named David Kinato. We travel to uh, about 14 churches or so where we preach about 40-some lessons. I preach about 25, 27 lessons. He, about 14, 16 lessons in these places. Uh, we go into some of these places. They say, preach. We preach the faithful word of God, and we'll sing and pray together. Some places we spend uh, up, up to two and a half hours uh, three times a day, uh, teaching the Word of God. Typically on these trips, let's go ahead and just go ahead and punch through these. We visit these particular towns on the coastal trips, Kennedy, Pifo, Santo Domingo, Salcedo, Ambato A. I say Ambato A because there is a second congregation, Ambato B. I don't know what the name's particular, but we call them A and B. A means it was the first congregation in the city. B is the second. Caro, Calle España, Politecnica, uh, Raymond Calle is a name of a brother. Church meeting in his house. Across from uh, Guayaquil is Doran. There is Milagro, Guayabamba, Mag La Magdalena, uh, Machala, uh, uh, 15, Kinsey de October, 15 of October. And then the other two times in the year, we travel to the rainforest. And again, we hit some of the same mountain region churches also. Again, 
about 24, 25 days. <coughs> Excuse me. We visit about 12 churches in nine towns. Again, we preach the same number of lessons. That expensive rental car has a purpose, and we've got to get to these places. Years ago, we'd spend this time and only be able to visit about half the churches because the, ta the, the buses and taxis just couldn't get us to these places quick enough. But we, we maximize our time, good time, of teaching and grounding brethren. In this particular trip, we visit in the rainforest, Lomo Alto, Wambuno, uh, Pifo, Archidona, Tena in the rainforest, Mato uh, again, uh, uh, Puyo A is the Pindo Chico Church, Pindo Chico Church, Parque Church in Puyo also, uh, Politecna, uh, Calle España, La Magdalena, Guayabama, Ainchi, all up in the mountains out of Riobamba. Again, good brethren, spending time teaching and preaching the Word of God. There are four churches I cannot get to. I guess I could if I wanted to. Uh, break the law, but because Robin works for the U.S. Embassy, in particular for the Department of Justice and one of those three-letter acronyms for an agency, there's things we cannot do because it's too dangerous. Uh, the drug cartels that's working in Colombia has been is uh, is being eradicated. Things are getting better in Colombia, but all of that drug culture is moving toward the south and along the Colombian coast or the Colombian border, and also the coast there between Esmeraldas and San Lorenzo, those places are too dangerous. I asked the sister from Esmeraldas, how dangerous is it? Has she seen anything? She says, yeah. She says, one day we were up there in the, in the square of uh, San Lorenzo, and there's just a body laying there on the ground, dead, and no one's doing anything about it. So I guess the point is made. The U.S. Embassy is looking out for our particular security you know, gringo, hey, you know, kind of looked like a gringo walking around. So there's a target on my back. And while Brother David and his father gets to these places and preach, we send materials in there. We, uh, there's a brother in, uh, in Abato. His father is a member of one church, the Ladaya Church, and we send these materials in there with them. We answer their questions. We do whatever we can. And we try to encourage these brothers to come out of these particular areas and meet us down the road where it is safe. Go ahead, next one. This is my brother and my sister, Miguel and Teresa Quinacoa. Brother Miguel has been preaching the gospel in these country in, in Ecuador for years, for years, when he was all by himself, standing for the truth, contending for the faith, fighting against institutionalism and centralization, uh, these particular influences good god-fearing brother and his wife teresa some of you have seen in in my reports she was the one that had the cancer had, uh, had breast cancer and almost killed her three or four times in the treatment but she is still alive thanks to god doing good these are good god-fearing people next and his son david david kinatoa i travel with david more than now into these places than i do with miguel David is a little bit younger than I am, uh, but we just, this is my brother. Now, you are my brother too, but this is my brother. I am closer to this young man than I am my own two brothers in the flesh. That's started to say, and they're Christians too. But this is my brother and his wife, Myra and Melanie. When Robin goes down with me, we travel with um, uh, Myra and Melanie also on their vacation, but David and I are working. Next one. 
Typically, as I have funds, when I arrive to Ecuador, I don't like carrying all those dollars around. I go buy the Bibles. Love to spend money to buy Bibles. Next. Spanish Bibles. I can't take them with me. Too much weight. I have to take the songbooks. I have to take that weight. They can only buy them here in Texas. Um, when we arrive, we buy those Bibles. We travel three hours south to Ambato and go to Miguel's house where we unload our supplies. Miguel inspects the supplies. He loves to see what's in my suitcases. And every once in a while, there's something personal, like I took a, a saddle stapler to staple the, my, my bulletins the last trip, and that didn't come back with me to Bogota. It stayed there. But after that, we separate our supplies. We take our trip. It's time to go. And we off go out throughout Ecuador to preach. What we're going to do is survey the churches real quick. I'm going to show you brethren. We're going to talk about the coastal churches. Uh, next one. Uh, Kenny Day is a small group that uh, David has just made contact with about a year ago. We've visited there th three times now. Next. Santa Domingo, this church has been there for a good period of time. They've recently moved to a new location. A sister had some money and built an, an apartment building, and she is providing the meet, meeting place for the Christians there. Uh, Guayaquil and the house of uh, Raymond Calle. Uh, this particular country is really strong with the institutional brethren, but there's a faithful group that Brother uh, Raymond Calle is uh, is uh, bringing together. We had a good study this particular uh, trip. That would be in June. And we're going to be visiting there here uh, in November. In fact, David, uh, uh, these brethren have arranged a class with some evangelical people, which we are to have a study. And that's why I'm going on Thanksgiving Day. I don't get to eat turkey with my wife on her day off. But because of a study that David set up, we're going to teach that day in Guayaquil. Next one. Just across the river from Guayaquil is Duran. We've been working with this particular group and trying to bring them out of institutionalism. They're doing better. Uh, next. Uh, Milagro, going back toward the north a little bit. Uh, this particular group has been a struggle. They ha they have, uh, they, they're fighting with... Uh, uh, carnality, now let me explain that a little bit. They have all these beautiful young people, and yet the parents make excuses for them not to be in assembly because they have homework. Now what they have there, though, is they have morning classes for the kids, and they have evening classes or afternoon classes. And the evening classes in about 7 o'clock, about the time our services start. The parents will be there, but they don't bring the kids because the kids got homework, and I'm really concerned about that. These are really good, sweet young people, and they want to learn. They want to sing as we come together. Uh, but we're, we're, we're working with this group, good group. Um, Machala, down the, down the south of Ecuador, uh, this, this group has been uh, working and persevering for several years. Uh, they're meeting in the front yard, if you will, a carport area or whatever underneath a, a, a metal uh, siding outside. In, uh, in the front yard or concrete area or whatever of Elias Davila, who's the local preacher in that place. Next one. Uh, and then down the road is a, is a place that they're trying to bring together as a church at the 15th of October uh, neighborhood. Uh, notice these people. This is the largest class I've ever seen uh, on a Friday night to study the Word of God. Good energy. They want to spend time 
looking at what the book has to say. Next picture. Now we want to talk about the mountain range churches. We're talking about the mountain range, the Andes Mountains, high up in elevation. Ibarra to the north. I haven't been there for a while. Ibarra has got, they're, they're fighting institutionalism some way. I got after them for, for cooking food. One sister sat in the doorway watching the food being cooked outside while we're, while we're going through worship. I had something to say about that. Come on, let's show some interest on spiritual things and they didn't understand what the issue was until we talked on it. Recently, I heard that they've moved to a new meeting location, so we hope that they're, they're doing better. South Quito Church, Marcelo Lopez preaches there. He come out of institutionalism. As, uh, Brother Miguel says he is fighting strong against it. Uh, we have not been there in a couple of years. Next one. Uh, the Pifo Church. This church uh, is... Um, the, the, the brother that heads us up started with his family. Uh, the guy in the blue jacket right in the center in the back row, Edwin Perano. He started with his family members as they've been teaching. They've moved to a, another larger location. The church is doing good, persevering. Next. Uh, the church in Salcedo. This church has been struggling in the past couple of years. Miguel has said he's concerned about this group. They're just not growing. They're not doing nothing. Well, if you look over here on the right, you see a, a bald-headed fellow. kind of looks almost like me. Uh, this particular brother named Benny come from Venezuela. Now, you've heard all the news and the problems in Venezuela. It's very true. Uh, the brother moved away from Venezuela because he just couldn't survive there. And he's come to this place, and he has done some things with this church, teaching and encouraging and strengthening this church. And Miguel is greatly encouraged in this particular work. Next, Embato. This is the congregation that meets in the house of Brother uh, Miguel Quinatoa. There's three levels in this house. Where Miguel lives, his apartment, the meeting, the place where the brethren meet, and then in the lower level, uh, David and Myra lives in their apartment there. This place is always full. They're always full. David and, and Myra has been getting after Miguel saying, we need a larger location. Uh, but great energy, good singing. We've always enjoyed visiting with these brethren. Up the road is the town of Carroll. Uh, they meet on Sunday afternoon at 3.30. I have one concern there. Sometimes they don't meet at 3.30. Sometimes they start at 4.30 or 4.45. But nonetheless, they come together. And we've enjoyed our visits with them. Next, uh, Calle España. This particular local church, when I went down there in 99-2000, there was no faithful church in downtown Riobamba. The churches were up in the countryside. Brother wanted to start a local work in downtown Riobama, and they did. Look at this church. It's grown. The brethren are working. Brother Segundo Toledo has worked very hard in this particular local work. And the young people, great energy in the singing. Next picture. Up in the mountains, country. La Magdalena near Chambo. Uh, these are farm people, uh, Quechua descendants, very good hard workers. Uh, there, uh, go ahead, next one. Uh, Rumi Cruz, same in, in close proximity. You know how it is in farm country. There's little churches everywhere, and that's the way it is in this part of the country. This is a new work. It is growing. They're working at it. Uh, next, uh, Brother Colin Salo Webla is, uh, is working with that particular group. Uh, church at Ainchi, another large uh, congregation up in, that, up in that same area. Next. Guajabamba, 
another large congregation. Uh, the first time that I met with these brethren, they were meeting in this little house uh, or a little basement type house. There was no house on top of it. And my head was as high as the ceiling. Uh, the translator I had used back in those days was taller than I, and he'd have to translate like this. And they have built a, a new meeting house and persevering, very good singing there in this particular next. Um, Polytechnica, this particular church is an interesting church. These young people were basically mistreated by the older people in the institutional churches up in the mountains. In the mountains, there are some large institutional congregations. One church, 270 members, or was reported at one time. Another 480 uh, members with elders, deacons in these particular places. But some of the older people doesn't treat their members correctly. There's problems in those. And because of that, these young people were basically cast out. And that several years back, they started a local work in Riobama, and they are persevering. They are working hard, and they're meeting places full. They need a larger location. Next, the bulletins that I take down there, this is after services. This is 30 minutes after I've preached and we've sang and, and prayed, and they're sitting there reading their bulletins. They're not leaving. I'm not leaving till they're ready to leave, but absolutely great interest. Next, we want to talk quickly about the Rainforest Churches. Uh, uh, first of all, at the edge of the rainforest is the church at uh, Pindo Chico uh, in Riobama. Uh, here, Aki, say Reune, here meets uh, the Church of Christ, Iglesia de Cristo. Nice little congregation, always filled up when I go there. Uh, typically, um, they will ask me to preach lessons at the last mo moment, and I've got to come up with the uh, with the lesson and, and, and translation at the last second, but I'm happy to do that. The Tarkey Church, about, eight, about seven miles out of town, uh, a small little congregation. Uh, basically, two families are meeting here in this particular place. Again, another place just full. This particular church, I've watched the young people grow uh, from children into adults and marry and have children. We've, we really enjoy going to these particular places to be with these brothers. Next, Tana. Tana. The Tana Church now has come out of two churches. The one across the river from Tana called uh, Portonapo, and then the Tana Church. The Tana Church was a liberal church, and some of the brethren there just it seemed like they were tired when they got there. Bringing the two churches together has sparked energy. The churches are working and the church is growing. They've just recently moved into a new meeting place. Uh, Brother uh, Francisco here in the blue uh, is uh, one of the teachers there. Brother Vicente in, in the lighter color shirt on the other side of the picture. And then two down from hill, Brother Enrica Pedra. Uh, these are good, faithful preachers, teachers of the word of God, uh, leaders within the church. Next picture. Uh, Sister Norama, she was the one, if some of you remember back several years ago in 2012, her mother-in-law and her was on a bus going to Quito, and they were in a bus wreck. Uh, the mother-in-law died in a bus wreck. Sister Norama, a sister that has fed me, has taken care of me in her house, along with a house full of children and a husband that works hard, she was maimed. She lost a leg, she lost an eye, permanent injuries. 
and she's faithful, better thanks to God, doing well. Sadie, Sadie I've known since she was in diapers, and now she's 19, 20 years old. That marks the time that we've been down with each other. Good brothers and sisters in Christ. Next picture, Archidona, uh, just north of Tana. Uh, uh, the only problem I have here, the afternoon sun beats into their... Uh, 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 the afternoon sun just beats into the meeting place, and you preach in the heat and the sweat. Um, but good, good people. Next picture, La Malato in the rainforest, uh, just a country church. And we've always gone out there here. Uh, we'll drive out in the morning, preach. Uh, David will preach a lesson. I will preach a lesson. Go to lunch, come back, and again in the afternoon, preach two lessons, 5 o'clock. We're done for the day. They don't have evening services. I don't know why, but nonetheless, four lessons uh, for each day that we're there. Last trip, we did three days of four lessons. Now you do the math there. On the way is this little church called El Carmen. David says the brethren that meet here are faithful, but I've never been there. But every time we drive past it, uh, but there's a there there is other churches that we've never never even visited for wh whatever reason. But like I said, David says the brethren are faithful here. Next, Wambuno, this church here in '98 before Ecuador lost the economy was about 120 130 members. When they lost the economy, what happens to people? They go looking for jobs, don't they? They go to the cities. And that's one reason for why the church growth is what it has been over the years. This church now only has eight members, but they're still persevering. They're still hanging in there. And we used to go in there by canoe. Nowadays, there's a road going in there, and we still walk up into the jungle to, to get to the meeting place. Next picture. But this last trip, look at all the people there. They're starting to grow. They had baptized a, a, a young couple in the neighborhood, and it has sparked energy in this new local, in, in this old local work, and they're inviting people. I think there was 34 the last, uh, the last assembly there, uh, in that last trip in August. And stand bye bye, hasta luego, good brother. Next picture. Okay, very quickly. Well, let's just go through these real quick. There's Melanie, that puppy. I tell you what, she's something else. Miguel has young people in her house. We spend time with brethren we we eat food with them we we do social things as well as teaching the word uh, my office in Tana yeah and we see sites along the way I'm not on vacation but there are things you you see along the way this is just right off the road driving down through the mountains next picture Robin took this picture out the window it goes in a curb around the guardrail I said Robin take that picture for me that's the coolest picture let's keep going and sometimes you get a clear day. You can see the snow-capped volcanoes down there. Crossing the river, sometimes in canoes, sometimes you take, have, you take a barge across the river. Just absolutely beautiful countryside. This is out of our hotel room one, uh, one Saturday morning. Driving down into the city of Tana. Just can't keep from missing the sights. Beautiful country. We drive around erupting volcanoes. The last trip, we had to stop for a mudslide. We, we couldn't move for four hours till they cleared the road. Sometimes we deal with thieves. This thing got on my back and was trying to take, had his hand on a cell phone. And then when I clamped down on my cell phone, tried to take the glasses off my head. Oh, well. 
And in the jungle, studying at night, you have problems with cockroaches. And sometimes you're in a restaurant and here comes a big old uh, sloth out from over top of your head. Almost done. You hungry? Would you like some pizza? Kui pizza? Guinea pig pizza? Very popular down in these parts. We got supper one night in Puyo, and this was Myra's dinner. Pieces of soup with pieces of chicken, chicken feet. Next. And March 15th was my anniversary. The sisters at Polytechnica found out about it, and they fixed me Kui for my anniversary dinner after services. This Tarantula was in Sister Esperanza's kitchen, and Robin was eating lunch there, and she didn't eat very well because she couldn't keep her eyes off the tarantula. Next one. You ever see a funnel cloud that never rotated? I did. This one right here. And sometimes you see some gorgeous sunsets. Last one, please. The end for now. Next, next there. Again, I, I need your prayers. My next trip is November 23rd to December the 15th. If the Lord wills, this will be my 20th, 27th trip into Ecuador. And I really need your prayers, brother, and I need everybody's prayers. All right, let's go to the invitation now. If you're not a member of the body of Christ, we beg and beseech you to consider the word of the Lord. If you're not a New Testament Christian, start your life in Christ. The most important decision that anyone can make is to become a disciple of Christ. If you're not yet a Christian, having Christ as your master is the most important priority of life. The scriptures are clear. To be in fellowship with Christ, it is necessary that a sinner repent and be baptized into Christ. The Bible says in Romans chapter 6 and verse, verse 3 and verse 4, or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we are buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. And then in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 27, Paul uh, writes there, For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. You must open your heart and your ears and listen to Jesus. In Romans chapter 10, verse 17, the Bible says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. In Romans 1, verse 16, Paul writes there, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also to the Greek. You must believe in Christ. Mark 16, verse 16, Jesus says, he who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. You must repent of your sinful life. The Bible says in Acts 2 and verse 38, then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. You must confess your faith in Christ. In Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and verse 10, if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. In Acts 8, we see an example of this confession. In Acts 8, verse 36, 37, the scripture talks about uh, Philip and the eunuch and this relationship that they had going on. 
as Peter teaches, or excuse me, as Philip teaches to him about Jesus. And as they went down the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, see, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? And Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And then you must look forward to salvation that is only found in Christ. The Bible says in Acts chapter 4, verse 12, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved only by the authority of Jesus. And in 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 21, the scripture there reads, and there is an antitype which now saves us. Baptism, not the removal of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You must be baptized for the remission of sins. In Acts chapter 2 verse, excuse me, Acts chapter 22 and verse 16, the Bible says, as uh, Ananias uh, talks to Saul of Tarsus, and now why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. And then you must walk faithfully in a new life with Christ. The Bible re uh, reads again in Romans chapter 6 and verse 4. Therefore we are buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. In Revelation chapter 2 and verse 10, the Bible reads, Be faithful unto death, and I will give to you the crown of life. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10 and verse 22, He who endures to the end will be saved. If you believe that Jesus is the Christ, and you are willing to confess that faith, and repent of your sins, and you look forward to the salvation that is only found in Christ, then you can be baptized to have your sins washed away. You can do that tonight. Brother, sister, if you are not faithful and not active in the work and worship of the church, start being faithful. Start being an active member of the local church. Come back to Christ. Repent and confess your sin or your sins, whatever they are. And return to faithful service and obedience to God in all things. If there's anyone subject to the invitation, please come forward as we stand and sing for your encouragement. Yeah. Yeah.